0: You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode.
1: Welcome, everybody, to episode 91 of the DCAU Review. I'm one of your hosts, Cal, and with me is my good brother and our other host, Liam. Liam, we have a special double feature today, and uh, boy, it's going to be interesting. <laughs>
0: Yes, and uh, this will. This is the Acum Production Company double feature here today. Um, some fun trivia we'll pass on as we get into it, yes, but the first episode of the two we'll be reviewing today is, of course, Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah, so we decided. Uh, we sat down. We watched this
1: episode today, and uh, as as you'll hear as we go through the review, we re- immediately realized we needed something to cleanse ourselves, uh, <laughs> cleanse our palate immediately. Uh, you know, it's it's like when you go to the gym and you realize immediately you're like, I have to get in the shower because yes. this is just I am disgusting. Uh, that's the feeling that I had, and that's the ringing endorsement that I'm going to give for the first episode that we're tackling, <laughs> cat scratch fever. Uh, so this originally. Did Debuted back on the Fox Kids uh, in November, at uh, November fifth of nineteen ninety-two. Uh, so we we're just about uh, twenty-eight years ago. Uh, this pat are coming up on the twenty-eighth anniversary uh, this November. So. This is an interesting episode. The second episode that we're going to tackle is going to be The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. Uh, We'll get into that one after we tackle this first one here. But uh, let's start with the IMDb synopsis for this episode, and then we'll get into just absolutely shredding this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. so this is for the episode Cat Scratch Fever, which was written by Sean Catherine Derrick and Buzz Dixon, and was directed by Boyd Kirkland. And uh, that synopsis reads as such... While Catwoman searches for her missing cat, she uncovers a plot to infect Gotham City that Batman must help to stop.
1: Listeners can't see, obviously, because this is an audio podcast, but (laughs) i was just shaking my head the entire time. Uh, Let's get done with this episode as quickly as possible. Let's start with plot, Liam. Whole thing sucked! Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, So, I think our our most talked about thing here is certainly going to be the visuals in just a moment. Yes. But the plot of this episode is hot garbage. It's also quite dumb, yes. So um, Catwoman Catwoman starts out the episode It uh, starts out with promise uh, mm-hmm. It's sort of a follow up to I guess the end Of the, the Red Claw episode Catwoman yeah. Claw parts 1 and 2 She's uh C- Selina Kyle is at her sentencing hearing For as a result of the things That happened because of that And it turns out the judge is going to be lenient on her And give her probation Even though she stole a bunch of stuff right. They're giving her probation because the outcome Saved Gotham and prevented them from right. being Infected by the red claw which by the way if you want to hear our review of the cat in the call parts one and two you can check it out in the archives at
0: DCAUReview.com. that's right it was our flashback friday on instagram this week so make sure you follow us at dcau review on instagram
1: absolutely check that out um but yeah so it starts out promising but immediately heads very south as we find out as catwoman returns home from her hearing her poor cat Isis is mm-hmm. gone missing because her, her dumb. dumb assistant <laughs> left the window open and the cat uh, ran away.
0: Yes, it, Maven, that that bee. Oh um, my gosh, yeah. So from there, it turns out that Isis, among many others, sh- so first we see selena just like aimlessly wandering the streets of gotham city apparently every time she hears a cat meow she runs down the alley to see if it's isis
1: and and let's let us not forget that gotham is pseudo new york city here right so the footprint of gotham city itself is it has to be massive. There has to be right. millions of people. There's a there's a line later on where Roland Daggett claims there's over three hundred thousand stray cats and dogs in right. the city. First, I, I call BS. I was on like, that.
0: even if you include like rats and mice <laughs> and insects, that sounds like a lot. But, I call
1: I call BS on that completely. But hey,
0: anyway. So from there, she runs afoul of these Daggett Industries animal catchers. Who are rounding up animals to test this new toxin which turns... So it makes dogs and cats rabid. And apparently it just poisons humans.
1: But we don't find out that that's what they're doing. Because they're like being very coy about it. And what yeah. the subplot is. Because Daggett is behind it. He's creating the antidote for a problem that doesn't exist. So that he can make money off of it. Yes. So it's like, he, you know, he, if somebody created cancer and he's... <laughs> He's decided that he's going to... In, but there was a way to infect everybody with cancer, so he's going to make money right. off of the fact right, that he's right. creating the need for a product that doesn't exist yet. What? <laughs> 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 yeah, so she runs into the, the the catcher. She gets apparently charged with some sort of crime because yes. she Bruce has to post her bail. Right. Then she continues the search for ISIS, ultimately, as she decides to sneak, uh, seek out one of the Daggett Industries places.
0: Yeah, and as luck would have it, she immediately finds Isis in this facility. What are the chances of all the Daggett Industries
1: places?
0: (laughs) Right, and as we've set up in previous episodes, Roland Daggett is like, he's the Lex Luthor of, of this era of Gotham City. He has who knows how many dozens and dozens of companies and shell companies and subsidiaries, but she happens to find, I guess... The facility, she finds Isis. Isis bites her, thus infecting her with the virus. Uh, and then Batman sort of goes back. He investigates. Roland Daggett kind of just tells him the plot. <laughs> and uh, uh, tells him what he's doing. And uh, then there's the big finale of this episode, and again, we'll get more into this in visuals, but is Batman is being chased by a dog.
1: This rabbit infected right. dog.
0: Trying to avoid being bitten or infected himself. As Dr. Milo, this is our first appearance of the reoccurring uh, villain, Dr. Milo, uh, and this other uh, d- pet catcher lady who's with him uh, are kind of chasing chasing them all. So it ends up being basically Batman is chased out onto an, a frozen pond by this dog. He cures the dog, and then the two thugs start shooting at the ice. Batman falls into the ice, and then Batman... Spoiler: alert, Batman doesn't die. He he pulls he survives and then pulls them into the ice, and gets Catwoman the cure, and we have our happy ending of she still Catwoman
1: is watching this all unfold by right
0: the way. while she's in her like fever dream, and then at the end they, she still doesn't have Isis back because after Isis bit her, he uh, Isis is she or he? Do they ever say? Um, I don't know. if they I feel like, like Isis is a fe- I mean, that was, yeah, was the female like was god of. Yeah the cat or whatever so i'm assuming it's a girl but uh batman drops isis back at selena's apartment at the end of the episode and that's that's how we end it with our nice little happy ending of catwoman got our cat back and it's one of those things where sometimes we go well this had potential but the execution wasn't there or they didn't have time to expand on this it's like the only moderately interesting thing is the idea that selena is worried about going back to jail like like if they had, if the judge had said if i ever even see if if Catwoman is seen if that suit ever appears in gotham again you're going back to jail and she has to make a choice between you know fighting for what's right and finding her cat it's still dumb but at least that's something but that's like a very tiny minor detail and as you mentioned she gets arrested again and there's like a throwaway line about how maybe this will affect her probation, but we don't really have any follow up on that.
1: And then at the very, like, the final scene, she's holding up a newspaper that has a picture of her in the Catwoman scene. Right.
0: Seat. So, like, again, if, if it was more about, like, oh, she's deciding that being Catwoman in this instance is more important than her freedom, that would be one thing. But again, that's not really focused on. It's just this very convoluted plot that Roland Daggett has created a cure and a disease and is going to infect the people of Gotham via this, via stray dogs and cats. Because maybe all people in Gotham just run down alleys when they hear cats and dogs, you know, barking and meowing. But, all right, let's, uh, we've probably already talked about this for too long, so we can get into our scores here. I gave Plot for this episode a 1 out of 10.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well... I'll take you one better. I gave it a zero (laughs) out of ten, Liam. This plot sucked. Really did. The less we say about it, the better. All right. All right. Now let's talk about the other... The other crap stain on this episode, My goodness. which is visuals and animation. All right. So you mentioned it kind of in the intro here. We have a an animation studio. There were several different animation studios. We'll get a little bit into the nerd here. A couple different yeah. animation studios that handle the animation of these. Yeah, but We've like, talked about it before on mm-hmm. different episodes. You can tell Batman's face shape changes or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the Joker's eyes have a, have a different look mm-hmm. to them.
0: Sometimes it's just the general fluidity of certain episodes are better animated than others. Right um yeah studios like TMS who was kind of like the golden standard there was Sunrise and there was a few others so this one the Acom Production Company uh they produced several episodes but uh famously after this episode there are quotes and I'm taking these from the DCAU wiki page Mm -hmm. so I can't find exactly where these quotes come from but they are attributed to Bruce Tim. uh basically this episode Bruce Timm and Eric Radomski and the rest of the crew making these episodes was so unhappy with the production with the animation on this episode that they fired the <laughs> Acom production company. <laughs> now there are still a couple episodes that came after this that were already in production through Acom that get made, including the second episode we'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one was so bad that they literally ended a professional <laughs> business relationship. Uh, going so far as in one quote, Bruce Tim refers to that as the kiss of death. <laughs> when that, that. <laughs> when, when, you, if you were directing an episode, say, if you're in this case, Boyd Kirkland on this episode, and you're seeing it over, or you're a storyboard artist, or something, and you're ready to go, and you have everything, and you poured your heart and soul into all of it, and then you see on the little docket that Aikum is the one producing your episode, he said, and quote, quote, unquote, it was like the kiss of death.
1: Ugh. I I mean you can't get a better ringing endorsement than the kiss of death I right mean, they probably From, they, they probably put that on their business cards right? <laughs> Oh um, my god
0: and so i mean yeah. so everything about this is bad characters are off model there is not very good like li- like light and shadow work the animation itself is like It's both stiff and rigid, but also, like, (laughs) characters are weirdly... are, like, moving their arms and legs in very strange ways... And like there, so there'll be like feels like an extra frame of animation was put in where it didn't need to be.
1: There's continuity errors with right. characters and one very super friends s characters. Uh, you pointed out the very final scene. Catwoman is wearing a purple jacket with a black turtleneck, or I believe, or gray yeah. turtleneck, and then immediately in the next shot, she's wearing this red jacket with a purple turtleneck that she right. had worn in one of the opening scenes. Right. It, it's it, not right.
0: It's not even the Super Friends where, like, uh, the bat was yellow not, right. and the oval was black, like, a. Which is obviously still a big mistake, but it's a little more understandable than. I don't even understand. Like, it's a completely different outfit, a completely different scene.
1: Now, the funny thing is, you you said that one of the episodes that they covered on. That they animated was one of the Feet of Clay episodes. Is that yes, correct? Yes, Feet of
0: Clay Part 1. Part
1: 1. So, that episode, uh, you know, I'd be curious. We can go back and check it out in the archives, talk about it maybe this week on Twitter, but the. I don't remember giving a crap such a crappy score for that because that's that's an interesting right. episode visual. But also
0: remember that all of the transformations and clayface stuff is in part two of that episode. That's a very part good one point. ends with him being turned into clayface and his friend finding him in the car. Good, good point. So there's uh, less to to screw up, I guess, in that case. But
1: th- yeah, this is just this is just. It's awful. There's characters with eye that there. Several shots of Selena Kyle where her eyes are going in different directions. Your fluidity but stiff metaphor is perfect. They're yeah. sort of like there are scenes where they look like the inflatable wavy arm people that you see. <laughs> like <there> are, <laughs> Selena's arms just kind of go in places. Yeah, there's a scene where she's running and she looks, you know, looks like her arms and legs are just kind of moving in slow motion, but the background is like moving yeah. fast.
0: I I just we'll oh. get into our scores here in a second. I just want to read this quote verbatim again attributed to Bruce Tim via the DCAU wiki page mm-hmm. we re- this is speaking about Cat Scratch Fever we retook that show considerably just to make it watchable. It was a mess we had Akum reanimate that one from scratch. That was the show that broke our back with Akum and we decided we weren't going to use them any any longer after we fired them they still had a couple shows in production and those shows were a lot better. I guess they had never been fired from a series before
1: <laughs> It's 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 worse than early Marvel animation. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, if you watch, like, season one of the Spider-Man cartoon, there is some rough, rough animation. This was below that. It's, and like,
1: like the only thing I can try and compare it to is maybe, and I, I haven't seen these in so long, so I almost hesitate to compare it to it, but, like, Captain Planet or, like, something that yeah. was just so low budget mm-hmm. and, so, like, it's, it's just so far below. Okay, scores so that we can get on yes. and get done with this episode uh, zero out of 10 for animation that's right this is the first episode i think i've ever given two zero scores double zeros double zeros here zero out of 10 for this this is so awful like yeah. i i don't
0: ever want to see this episode <laughs> again yeah i also gave it a zero out of 10 all right uh let's
1: move on to music i, I think the sole redeeming factor sole redeeming factor from this episode yeah. is probably for me is going to be the music. Uh, title card comes in, you get a good theme and I was actually kind of excited, we were like oh yeah, okay, the title card is cool, Mm -hmm. Um, they later used that same title card when they did the you pointed out the Adventures of Batman and Robin Super Nintendo game, Yes, uh, features a similar or the same title card uh, for their Catwoman storyline which was great, had some great music in it as Mm -hmm. well Uh, but uh, so you get the Catwoman theme, and then there's like an alternative Catwoman theme, sort mm-hmm. of an ISIS theme, I think, throughout yeah. this. As scenes where ice, you know, she's like when for she, ISIS. especially
0: like when she first is getting infected, like the, f- the theme like starts being played on like kind of weird notes, like mm-hmm. they shift keys on it. It's it's really it's really cleverly done. Um,
1: that's I'm not going to praise this episode too much. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, great great music, and, yeah. and it, this is a case where man, if this had awful music too or no music. This would have been the lowest score in history of yeah. the DCA episode uh, for me. Uh, I gave it 6 out of 10 for my score. What about you?
0: <laughs> I gave it the same exact score. Um, yeah. What,
1: did you, you, did I, did I, what was your score for animation? I also said 0 out of zero 10. 0 out of 10. All right.
0: Um, I believe I said that. But okay. just in case not, yes, my animation score was also 0. Yeah, I gave music 6 out of 10 as well. I like the Catwoman theme. We get Shirley Walker's Batman theme. I should mention that the music was by Harvey Cohen in this episode. Um yeah it's it's the one good thing in this episode uh, so props to mr. Cohen yep. and uh, Shirley Walker for composing the some of these original themes again that's 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 the silver lining to this very dark cloud and uh, moving on to our final category here
1: please all right um, voice acting um I wish I could say that there was a lot of great voice acting, too, in this episode that uh, that uh, that redeemed it. But let's talk about our cast first, and then we'll go into different performances.
0: Yeah, so we have uh, Adrian Barbeau returning as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Uh, not her strongest episode. So
1: I, I'll just, we'll pause here for a second and just say she has a lot to carry in this episode. Yes. It's pretty much featuring her, and it's... It felt like she had a lot of acting to do, and it's not great.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, she has, from the, the, from, and again, some of the stuff early on is, is fine. And then, like, once she's infected and she has to play, like, woozy Selena Kyle, uh, or be, like, super dramatic about her cat going missing. Again, and some of that you might put more on the script than on the... The I think I'm sure she did her best is my point. I'm sure and I'm well, sure and
1: and just like we've said with Lauren Lester in the past when we yeah. maybe poo pooed some of his performances, we know there are stronger and better performances right. in her. You know, sort of in her portfolio. Yeah. So I don't think it's unfair to say that hey, this wasn't a really good performance. Yeah. They whatever the the case was, you know, wasn't feeling it. It could have had to do with the actual story itself. Certainly the constructs of the script itself could have affected that. Also, how do you act that way? Right. But, ah, I felt
0: like that. Yeah. I mean, and to, to your point, I don't think this was Kevin Conroy's. I don't think Kevin Conroy is particularly strong in this episode. Now, admittedly, he doesn't have a lot to do because as you mentioned, it's mostly focused on Catwoman. Um, but I don't think he's particularly good in this episode. It's, um, not,
1: it's Yeah, it's not It's not one I would put up on a poster board and say,
0: do this. <laughs> and again, there's like some, this is more into plot, but there's like, they, uh, they're doing a little bit of follow up on the Cat in the Claw episode where Bruce is talking to Alfred about how, well, she's not in love with Bruce Wayne. She's in love with Batman. And again, that seems like an interesting thread to tug on, mm-hmm. and we don't. Really, there's like one other scene where Bruce pays her bail and like kind of tries to make a move on her, and she shuts him down. And his response
1: is, "Oh, okay, I yeah. understand. like good for Bruce. I'm um, right. being yeah. like boundaries yeah. are important. Yeah, it's a good lesson for the kids. Exactly, like way to be no means like, no. Right, the the Me Too movement way before that was a right. thing. Like good for Bruce, Bruce for respecting that. Right, but um, yeah,
0: but uh, yeah. Other than that, it doesn't really feel like he has much to do. But I didn't think his his line reads were particularly great when he's. Uh, talking to dag and speaking and the, just to round out the cast we obviously we have brief uh, appearances by from zimbalist jr as alfred and we do have the returning ed asner as uh, as roland daggett uh should be playing granny goodness in the live action new gods movie absolutely ed asner um, for granny uh, hashtag it baby but i don't think he's particularly good in this episode either and again he, he he's there to do exposition and, uh, but even
1: that, I I, th- I think I don't think it's fair to say that this is his. Uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say that this isn't his best performance either. It's just not a good episode. Yeah,
0: um, and uh, yeah, so that I guess will bring us to our our scores for this final uh, final part of the first episode <laughs> we were reviewing today. Yep. Um, I gave uh, voice acting a three out of ten. Um, I
1: gave it a four out of ten. Um, you know, I, I cut cut them some slack with just sort of the the general episode and i felt like i could not give this a lower score than unity (laughs) um so i had to give it a four out of ten for for uh for that but uh, so uh, what whoa two of them two of them okay (laughs) Um, So that sound is the uh, rarely heard negative bonus point (laughs) sound. Uh, That's the deduction point sound. Uh, We had to know this was coming. So uh, I have one, Liam. You have one. I'll let you introduce yours first.
0: Yes, my minus one point for this episode is, in fact, for Akam Studios, (laughs) Akam Production Company, a.k.a. The Kiss of Death. Um, my goodness. And if you look at the list of episodes that they produced, uh, as you mentioned, "Feet of Clay Part 1 was one. There was a Prophecy of Doom was on that list. Christmas with the Joker was on that list. And as we mentioned, a few more, including the next episode we'll be talking about that we haven't reviewed yet. Um, all of them are not great from what we've watched so far i don't mm-hmm. think any of them have gotten perfect scores from us on animation and i think yeah some um, of them have been feet on the of play end. part feet of play might have from us because of how good part two is but again they didn't produce part two they produced right. part one um so i just wanted to give a negative bonus point for them being so consistently bad but again this episode in particular was just on another level of of bad so i wanted to give an A minus one for that.
1: I I like it. Uh, My minus one is that uh, this is still a part of canon. Uh, (laughs) I believe that this whole entire episode needs to be stricken from canon. (laughs) It needs to be thrown away, burned. It should be, it should be forever be known as the lost episode of Batman (laughs) the Animated Series. Forget that
0: Sega CD thing. Yeah. That's on YouTube. This needs
1: to be the one that was so bad, just overall, for so many reasons that it just needs to be thrown out. Like, maybe a bonus feature on a future Blu ray release or something like that as the lost, but it, it, there and I that will lead directly after we give our scores here into see it or, or uh, you know rewatchability. <laughs> but, uh, this never needs to be seen again, no. so uh, I, I I would like it stricken from canon. So minus one that it is actually still a part of canon. Fair uh, so that will bring us to our final scores for the day, Liam. Uh, with my negative bonus point or the deduction point, I went ahead and gave it a nine out of forty, which uh, is equal to Unity. What about you?
0: Yes, and with uh, with my with with my score here i also gave it a 9 out of 40 so just a not yep. not good and obviously it's a skipper it, it doesn't you know, ironically though, this does come back later because in Batgirl returns, mm-hmm. Roland Daggett's the villain of that episode. Yep, and Catwoman specifically mentions this episode as well, and like
1: Doctor Milo plays. Right, he plays. shows up later. There's, in, a, there's like, two more episodes in the next in the ne- on the next DVD that right. we have to watch that deal with Doctor Milo, and one of them deals with Catwoman directly. So. Right. Oh, boy. It's not a good start for all Dr. Milo.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. All right. Please let us be gone with this episode and never speak of it again. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's all right. Let's move on to number two. Whole thing sucked. All right. So <laughs> the second episode that we're going to be reviewing is The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. Uh, so, again, originally we were supposed to do two different weeks for this. Uh, yeah. We had to cleanse the palate. We decided to take on The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne to do so. Uh, so, Liam, let's get the, the plot. This in this involves the introduction of uh, and actually... I would say, fairly famous C-to-B level uh, villain in the Batman Rogues Gallery being Hugo Strange. Yeah,
0: I think his appearances in things like the Arkham City video game and the Gotham TV show have kind of raised his profile a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But prior to, really, to this series, he had never appeared in another medium. Um,
1: There's a very famous cover. uh, I want to say it's a... I don't know who the artist is, but there's a very famous cover, Batman cover, with him, Hugo Strange, the character, as um, at wearing the Batman suit. Yes, and he's sort of unmasked. He has this sort of evil uh, ear-to-ear grin on his face, and uh, you know he's got the glasses, and it's it's a very very memorable cover. And that would be from
0: what, Lane? That would be from uh, Detective Comics number five hundred and twenty. There you go. So uh, look that up in your
1: Google machine if you if you care to uh, to follow along here with the podcast. But yeah, he's he. That was my recollection of of. Hugo Strange before being introduced to him in this episode. So uh, before we get into plot, all of our scores for this episode, let's, uh, let's get this IMDB synopsis out of the way.
0: Of course. And this is, as you mentioned, Cal, for the episode Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne, which was written by David Wise and Judith Reeves Stevens and directed by Frank Parr. And that synopsis reads as such. A sinister doctor uses his mind reading machine to learn Batman's secret identity and attempts to auction it. And uh, I did not mention this episode
1: originally debuted back in October. It was actually the week before uh, Mm -hmm. our episode that we talked about uh, last. We do these in order that they appear on the DVD, which I think it tends to be production production order. order. Um, So this actually debuted before then, but was done uh, October 29th uh, was when it aired, October 29th, 1992, making it just uh, 27 years ago. Uh, So, Liam, let's talk about about this, shall we? Um, So, again plot is what we'll start with. Um, I freaking love this episode. It is, uh, it's is—it's really strong. I think it's a unique idea. You introduce this character that was sort of an ancillary character, as we mentioned. He had right. sort of a lower profile. Uh, you bring him in to the show. Uh, you deal with one of the classic tropes in Batman lore, which is the protection of his secret identity. Right. Uh, and it's, it's one that... Creators have gone back to over and over and over again, but there's a reason they do because it works really well. And in this episode, we have this opening scene where there's uh, a character we will learn later is a a Gotham City judge, Judge Vargas, who's being blackmailed Mm -hmm. uh, in exchange for this videotape. We find out uh, she was so willing to do uh, to to go after this tape and make sure that she got the copy of it uh, that she was willing to risk her life. Batman has to save her he interrupts this whole uh sort of blackmailing uh, incident um, and then learns that she had previously visited a, I guess, a rest, what's he called, a relaxation spot or something like yes. that. Uh, that he learns is, actually, he mentions is actually part of Roland Daggett's, uh, one of Roland Daggett's shell companies. Right. So he already sniffs that something isn't up with, uh, and isn't on the up and up with this place. So uh, he, I guess he takes a trip to the, the Gotham Desert which yes. we uh, realized is definitely canon yeah uh, if you listen to our episode uh the forgotten back in the archives <laughs> at DCAUReview.com, uh you hear us discuss the uh the gotham desert and where that exists in relation to everything but uh, batman takes another short plane ride to the gotham desert and uh to go on vacation and to do investigations uh on this mysterious dr hugo strange
0: oh uh, yeah so this episode is actually based on a couple of comics as we mentioned so Hugo Strange interestingly enough was actually one of the original uh, he was created in, within the first year of uh, Detective Batman being around his first appearance is in 1940 uh, the creators credited with him are Bob Kane and Bill Finger that's so, cool. Um he's but, one of the OGs. Yeah. So he ends up uh obviously he had kind of a one-off appearance and then was brought back in the seventies. That's a
1: very, by the way, very nineteen forties villain name. Like yes. Hugo Strange. yes like, that that should have given us yeah.
0: a character called Doctor Strange. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, I love it. Um but anyway, uh yeah, so this is based this episode in particular is based on a pair of comics, Detective Comics number four seventy-one and four seventy-two. That were uh, done by Steve Englehart and Marshall Rogers, and uh, yeah, like as, as to your point, it's interesting because he's a very different type of foe for Batman. He's not this over the top gimmick, for lack of a better word. He is—he's uh, a very cerebral foe, and he's sort of now the way he. It's a very sci-fi Deus Ex Machina way that he discovers Bruce's identity by using a machine <laughs> that makes a videotape of your memories, right? Um, but it is still a very cool idea that he's sort of just prodding these people, as we find out this judge earlier and others, and Bruce himself isn't even able to resist it as he just keeps prodding him. you know, talking about Bruce when he was a kid, when his parents died, what did that make you feel? What did you want out of it? And he finally gets Bruce to bur- blurt out that I wanted revenge well
1: it, it, and it's interesting because I think in the at least in the Gotham TV series he's uh, portrayed as a psychologist at Arkham at Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum um, so you have this you know they don't really explain what he's a doctor of so Dr. Hugh right. was Strange is the psychologist is he you know he, he's clearly uh, an intelligent individual and uh, especially to be able to create this machine that he say, said takes him years to be able to read people's memories or me, read people's minds um, so yeah, but I, I think even in that, that he was able to outsmart Batman or Bruce Wayne enough, he outsmart – even though Bruce is there to do an inve- investigation and to figure out what's going on, he catches Bruce off guard in using this machine that Bruce wouldn't have any idea. Like Bruce just gets in the machine. He doesn't right. think twice about it. And then he realizes afterwards that he kind of has to scramble to, to, to get this tape right. back from or, or to you know, figure out how he's going to prevent him from releasing this tape
0: yeah and i think i again i I always like to see a batman who struggles a little bit and who is even though he went there to trap hugo strange and to kind of do this reconnaissance to figure out what was going on he's still kind of caught off guard because hugo strange by now this is a very like clearly a well-oiled machine uh literally and figuratively um Mm -hmm. that hugo uses like he he knows how to And he's a psychologist, so he knows how to ask the right questions that sort of get this emotional rise out of people and and gets them to trigger the memories he needs to then blackmail them later on. And here in this episode, rather than trying to blackmail Batman or Bruce, he decides to auction it off, which is just... (laughs) Great. That's that and that's where it's like this is such that's such a great comic book villain thing to do. Um, it is. And it's so comic
1: booky and it gives us an excuse to bring it in and we'll talk about it in voice acting. But three of the classic Batman villains, you get absolutely. Joker Joker, Two Face and Penguin happen to be the people that Hugo Strange brings in to auction off this tape to to reveal the identity of the Batman. Yes. And uh of course, you know, through uh his undoing is the machine itself, which of course is Just poetry, (laughs) his own machine. Bruce gets in the machine and creates this fake tape. That he was able to switch with the real tape, and uh, and and was able to uh, you know make it look like that Hugo was th- his whole plot was to you know pull the wool over the eyes of these villains who then decide they're going to kill him, right? Uh, when, because because they dra- dra- he dragged them out to the Gotham Desert, right? And uh, in, in exchange for fifty two mil- million dollars or whatever it was, so right. Um, yeah, it's it's very. It's it's a it's a fun plot, and then of course Batman at the end. Um, some could argue that he left the villains to die. He just, <laughs> just, he's on this plane; they're flying away in a plane, and Batman hops on the plane, disconnects the fuel, like the fuel pump, and right. then jumps off the plane to right. just like let them crash. <laughs> it was very it reminded me a lot of the end of Batman Begins. Yes, where. I'm not going to kill you, but the train crash will probably kill you. (laughs) Like, all right, Batman's okay with four villains dying in this plane crash. But he didn't kill them, so it doesn't count.
0: Right, yeah. So that's... uh... That that's pretty funny, but I guess he was really confident in Joker's piloting skills.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- there you go. I, and of course the the sort of the sort of uh, you know bow that they put on it is that they bring Dick Dick Grayson dressed up as Bruce Wayne comes in and and fools Hugo Strange into believing that his machine uh, read Bruce's mind incorrectly from the start. It was all part right. of a plan between Batman and Bruce Wayne, to, right? Because Judge Vargas was a friend of Bruce's and mm-hmm. he wanted to get him, so. Um, And at the end, so Hugo doesn't, apparently doesn't know or, you know, believes he was fooled from the start.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a really, uh, a really clever idea, I think, as a a way to end it. And and again, to show at the end, Batman is very resourceful and sort of figured out a way to, to, because that's the one thing is Batman doesn't have the right tape. So right. like Hugo was smart enough to hide that tape from him. So right. when even once he gets free and once he stops the villains, there's still the the issue of that tape being out there somewhere. And so he has this contingency plan. And it's funny because it, just randomly at the beginning of the episode, after he saves Judge Fargus on this bridge, uh, he you know swoops up into the bat plane and Robin's flying the plane. You're like, why is Robin in this episode? <laughs> like I didn't even remember that he was in this episode. Yep. And it was so at the end, Dick Grayson could uh, could show up to be to person, and what a great job he does yep, uh, he impersonating does. Uh, Bruce on. Wayne. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a, a really clever way to, uh, to do it, so we can get into our plot scores here. Uh, I gave Plot a, a very high 8 out of 10.
1: Ah, um, I don't know if I was just feeling super generous or because it was just such a refreshing breath of fresh air <laughs> after that. Last episode, dollar, it's, we put it in the bad episode oh, jar now, by the yes. way, dollar in the bad episode jar, Cat Scratch Fever. Um, but I gave this plot, I love this episode, I gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> there you um, go. It's really, really strong. It's fun. It's, it's definitely a great palate cleanser if you happen <laughs> to stumble upon Cat Scratch Fever. Yes. And um, it incorporates some, like I said, some of those classic Batman tropes of him trying to protect his identity, and it goes about it in a fun way. 22 minute way yeah. and it, and you get to bring in some of the batman's robes it's always
0: fun when you get to see multiple villains on absolutely. screen together that's absolutely. always fun
1: absolutely let's uh let's move on liam to animation and visuals all <laughs> right uh so we mentioned already that this is Acam's uh production company or animation right. company rather so they handle the animation for this episode as well and to their credit it is not Anywhere near as bad as Catch, Scratch Fever?
0: Agreed. Opinion. It's still not great. It's not great. But I would put it more on the level of, say, Christmas with the Joker. or Correct. Or one of those episodes, A Prophecy of Doom, for instance. Yep. Um, which is, it's fine it's not like i said it's not great there's still some very off model moments mm-hmm. especially with the joker funnily mm-hmm. enough oh yeah um they can never nobody ever seems to be able to get his eyes right in this original design because like the idea is like if you look at the the stock model he has those diamond shaped eyes right the ones they brought back when they re-redesigned him for the for return of the joker and his justice league appearances Correct. Um, With
1: just a plain black border around them,
0: right. it's not supposed to be a, a like a like a harlequin mask around his right. eyes. And so here, he doesn't have the full like raccoon mask, but he does have these giant black circles around his eyes. And he his eyes are very rarely actually that diamond shape there. Right. And part of that is he's he's obviously the most expressive character, so he has the most variation in his face model, sure. I guess. But he is. It's just. It's very wacky. And again, it's sort of that mix of. It's super cartoony, but also weirdly rigid in some in some ways. <laughs> so it, it kind of makes in. And, and Two Face looks a little weird. You pointed out that his, uh, they like instead of just having because he has like the one big like black eyelash over mm-hmm. his Two Face mm-hmm. eye. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, the black went around. It looked like he was also wearing, like, black eyeshadow on they, top
1: of they it. They combined his eyelash with his eyebrow, and it was all black, and it moves up and down. It was very it yeah. was very odd.
0: Penguin looked fine. He, <laughs> like yeah. Maybe that design's just a little more idiot-proofed than the other two. Yeah, but he's a
1: big, round, like, I don't know, oblong-shaped character. Right. So. He doesn't
0: have a lot of detail in his face other than the pointy nose and the... The monocle. Right, so maybe it's a little easier to to keep him on model. And I, like I said, I, I like this version of Hugo strange in the comics. He's a little bit more of a physically imposing guy. As you mentioned famously in the comics, he dresses up as Batman and right. he, he looks like Batman just with, you know, he, but, uh, and he has kind of the bald head and the, the chin beard. And this one kind of has more of like a, a more classic mad scientist look. He's very short and kind of has a hunch to his back and, uh, has like the circular, the round circular glasses and the mustache.
1: Sure, it reminds me a little bit of a uh, of a certain villain in the uh, Captain Marvel uh, universe, oh. uh, slash yeah Universe,
0: Doctor S- Sivana.
1: Yes, exactly. A
0: little bit of a throwback
1: there. I yeah, think, I think they went off uh, sort of a, a '40s model. The today. original
0: Doctor Sivana, not the one that's in the movie where he's just like a guy.
1: Correct. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that that mad scientist look. I think they yes. were going for that with him. Um, I mean, and as much as we trashed them for the last episode, you know, I, I'm. They, I'm going to be democratic about this. There were some cool things in this episode, some yeah. cool visuals. Uh, in the very opening scene, I guess it's the second scene after the police arrive, uh, after Judge Vargas gets saved from falling off the bridge, there's a scene where Gordon and, and Batman are talking, and Batman mm-hmm. is completely in shadow. You get some hashtag cape movie oh, yeah, going on Real there. Good. Real good. Um, he's standing there. It's just Batman's in the shadows. You see his eyes, the cape's flowing in the background. Mm-hmm. He's talking to to gordon about uh the investigation and and why judge vargas was the way it was uh why she was flipping out Mm -hmm. um there's some there's some good stuff too with uh with with batman towards the end when he's hanging on the plane and he has to swing off the plane and use the use the grappling hook um so it's it's definitely an improvement, and I think you mentioned that this was one because it's in production order. Since they fired them from the last episode, right. this was one that they were like, "Oh crap, we got to get our ish together, right. Right, If we want to put stuff in our portfolio to get hired again, um, right? So they really, they they really at least took what seems to be leaps and bounds forward yes. from that last episode.
0: Yeah, again, still not perfect. I gave animation six out of ten. Um, I think it's like I said, it's good. The off-model stuff still bothers me, and I think it is bad that it does probably bring it down another couple points. But to your point, there are, are there have been other episodes, even on that list of episodes we mentioned that Aka made, that don't have one shot as cool as that shot of Batman standing there in the shadows with his cape flowing. There's even a really cool moment where he's talking to Gordon, so he's kind of facing the camera, and, you of course, you don't really see much detail. But then he turns his head, and you kind of get a side profile, and they do, in fact, like put in his his jaw and his like you see his mouth move mm-hmm. a little bit so like they did actually add in a little extra detail there and i don't know if that was specifically storyboarded in or if that was a, a choice by the animation company as you said trying to shore up their uh <laughs> their portfolios a little bit as they uh, applied for new new, <laughs> new uh animation partnerships right. or whatever but uh yeah uh, to, to your point from from a zero to a six that's a you know it's a 60% increase there you, go.
1: there you go I'm no mathematician but that, that story <laughs> checks out um, I also gave it a six out of ten uh, for all those reasons that we discussed and and it's it is there's some fun visual stuff the machine has a cool visual to it uh, certainly the fact that you get multiple different villains uh, mm-hmm. in, in this episode apply some cool visuals yeah the, uh,
0: the videos of Bruce's memory are really cool too oh yeah absolutely um, they show it, it's like at first you just just see like young child bruce wayne kind of standing on in like a field or something and it's raining you see alfred walk in with an umbrella you see images of his parents you see a gun and then as as, as we mentioned as as uh, hugo keeps pushing him and asking what did you want what did you want and he finally says i wanted revenge and you see there it's you see the moon and there are bats flying up the moon turns into the bat signal and you see a, a batman's fist rise into the into the frame it's really really cool yeah
1: that was that was a good sequence you're right Uh, would be remiss not to not to mention that one uh all right Liam, let's talk about music shall we um what are your thoughts on the music for this episode
0: yeah the music in this episode was by lolita ripmanis which is cool because i did not realize her credits dated all the way back to the original series i thought maybe she came around on batman beyond with or, or superman at the very least with with christopher carter and uh some of the other uh, ones that we mentioned. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think the music is good here. I don't think anything in it is great. But we do get uh, some some well-done... We get, of course, we always have the, the classic Batman theme. As I mentioned in that scene, when he shouts, I want revenge, and that fist pops up, you get the Batman theme coming in there. And I think that's really, really well done. Um, you do get, as, as each villain is introduced, as they walk off the plane, you get... In in quick succession, you get the Joker theme, you get the Two Face theme, and the Penguin theme, um, which are three of the best and most memorable themes from this whole series, of course. So, uh, I think it's it, you kind of get to do a little bit of like a greatest hits playlist here. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. The fact that you get Joker, Two Face, Penguin back to back with their themes, I thought that was really strong, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some there's some good scene setting music also in the opening scene with. With uh, Judge Vargas and the the blackmailers, the the goons that work for for Hugo Strange, um, there's some good music there, and there's there's some good music on the airplane too. As uh you know, as Batman pulls the uh, pulls the yeah. fuel pump out of the out of the airplane and. Um, even some, I think there's some, some, some mood setting at the very end too. When Bruce Wayne shows up at the same time, mm-hmm. Batman, cue the, uh, cue the Spider-Man 1960s cartoon meme, <laughs> <them> just pointing <laughs> at each other, like, hold up. Um, but yeah, I, 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 thought that the music was was pretty strong in this episode. Yeah, I think, I think I automatically have to give it a, a, a fairly high score when you get not just one of those classic villain themes, but the right. fact that they went so far as to include all three of them mm-hmm. you have an, I mean the story made the opportunity for that to happen happen mm-hmm. but they could have just have easily done a generic theme right I want to give them the kudos for that so I went ahead and gave it an eight out of ten uh, for music what about you
0: yeah I'm in the same ballpark there I gave it seven out of ten um, yeah for for all the men- reasons we mentioned um, it's uh, it's strong it's like we said it's not like an all-time great episode necessarily but it's it's very good and as we said, uh, especially kind of grading on a curve, I think... Not the music in Cat's Scratch Fever, as we mentioned, the music was the best part of Cat Scratch Fever right. by far, but uh, just, I think the whole episode, we were maybe, we were just, it was, it was a nice little sigh of relief, I think, all around here, and that will bring us, to, yes, if I didn't mention my score is 7 out of 10. And that will bring us to our final category here.
1: All right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about voice acting, Liam. We have, uh, <laughs> and as we've already mentioned, with several of our uh, Batman Rogues gallery going on and uh, making an appearance in this episode, we have quite the uh, quite the cast here. But we also have, uh, of course, uh, Hugo Strange making an appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we'll, of course, we have a couple new people. So let's uh, let's talk about our uh, our voice cast for this week.
0: Yeah, it's it's really a full plate here. As we have a lot of our regulars, we have, of course. Uh, Kevin Conroy is Batman, we have Ephraim Zimblis Jr. as Alfred, Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon, we have Lauren Lester as Robin, briefly, um, not to mention, as you mentioned, we have, and then you get to the villains, and it's, it's an all-star cast, we'll start with the main villain of the piece, Hugo Strange, which is uh, Ray Buktenica, I apologize if I'm Buktenica, perhaps, I don't know, if I'm butchering that, I surely apologize, but <laughs> he does a very, uh, stereotypical like uh sort of like vaguely european scientist voice like it's kind of russian it's maybe a little there's maybe a little german in it and it's just just as you mentioned kind of it fits it fits very well with the design of this very classic like archetypal mad scientist look
1: yeah it, it fits the character well it's funny we were talking as we were watching it and, um, I, I think in animation nowadays if you if you've ever seen any of the dreamWorks despicable me movies you can think of <laughs> that that typical Russian uh, Russian over the top Russian accent that Steve Carell does is grew yeah. from that, from those movies. Um, I, I couldn't help but do a little bit of comparison to that. <laughs> of course, this was the original. This was, you know, 20 some years before right. those movies came out. Uh, but it's it's great. I, I think that he he does has a good, strong performance. There's a couple of times where he has to emit some emotion uh, towards the end. Uh, I mean, he, he kind of goes through the array of emotions, the devious, you know, evil doctor as he discovers yes. that Bruce is Batman. And, uh, you know, the even in the the fake memories that bruce creates uh mm-hmm. where he has to voice you know this conniving uh, yeah. he's gonna pull the wool over the eyes of yes. of the other villains uh but then you also get that terrified like panic stricken because at the end of the day he's just he's just a scientist or he's <laughs> right. just a psychologist
0: or whatever he is right he's a black ma- like he, <laughs> he's done petty crimes he's done blackmail and
1: right but he's not he's not insane he's not right. the joker so the fact that he's like terrified now that he realizes that he's brought in these wild cards mm-hmm. into the into the fold these people that are legitimately insane yeah. criminals that he now has to run from because they feel like he's you know he's trying to cheat them. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it it's really good. He does a really good job.
0: Absolutely. And then as you mentioned we have an all-star cast of villains as well. Mark Hamill as the Joker, who, unsurprisingly, kind of steals the show. Uh, he's really funny in this episode. Uh, he has so many quips, and uh, a
1: couple of them are, are lines uh, we mentioned. He does. He talks about flying the unfriendly skies, right? Uh, which was a ripoff of uh, United, United. I think that's yeah, their United Airlines, which is come come fly the friendly skies. So uh, that was good. Um, you have him counting out the money that he's going to give. Yes. He pulls out a little coin purse, fifty three cents. It's fifty two yes. million dollars, and you know, plus, and then he pulls out a coin purse and dumps it, and adds the fifty three cents. I thought that was good. Yes. Um, he and he and the other villains start arguing, and Two Face says to get out of his face,
0: and he says, "Which one?" Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's some some good, a lot of good Joker, a lot of good. Absolutely. Mark um, and of course, we also have Richard Mall returning as Two Face um he he and uh and paul williams is the penguin neither of them have as much to do as as mark hamill's joker in this episode they're kind of just there to also also react but it is again as we mentioned it's always just cool to get multiple of these a-list top tier villains in the same room at the same time and have them playing off each other is really interesting because we really haven't seen that to this point in the series. Yep. Obviously later on with episodes like Harley and Ivy and stuff like that, we, and almost Gotham and trial and stuff like that. We do get to see this a little bit more. Right. But this is kind of one of the first instances of, you know, a lot the kind of the gangs all here with, you know, the kind of the top, the top three, I guess. Right. Of, of the Gotham rogues gallery and, and having them play off each other. And as you mentioned, argue with each other and then, there's some fun back and forth when he tells the the criminals that Bruce Wayne is Batman and, you know, two face reminds everyone that, you know, Bruce Wayne's my friend. He's not (laughs) Batman. Like if he's Batman, I'm the King of England. I thought that was really funny. And, and Paul Williams is as penguin is always a lot of fun. So, Yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great cast. As you mentioned, And it's just a lot of fun all around, so I actually went ahead and gave voice acting a perfect 10 out of 10. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I I gave it a 9 out of 10.
1: It's really, really strong. I think it's really, really good, and um, I think that the the people that play their parts, do a really, really excellent job. I think it's it's very, very strong. So uh, nothing wrong with a perfect score on that one either. All right, William. Uh, well, I, I think that will bring us to our final scores here for the day. Uh, so totaling everything up and uh, a vast improvement, <laughs> maybe the biggest discrepancy in our double features yet, uh, I ended up giving a 33 out of 40 for this week's episode. Well, for The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. What right.
0: You? Yeah, for our second episode here, I gave it a 31 out of 40. So, all right. yeah, as far as rewatchability goes, I would say, yeah, this is definitely one you should watch. It's not super integral to the rest of the series. Unfortunately, uh, again, according to the DCAU wiki, there was a plan to do a follow-up episode to this that never made it out of, I guess, the initial pitch phase, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. we never... In animation well actually that's technically not true we do see hugo strange one more time later on in justice league unlimited yeah um and he does appear there's actually a, a really fun little arc in the batman adventures tie-in comics where they they do a multi-part uh story that involves him like giving batman amnesia and stuff that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty fun that's worth checking out perhaps on the dc universe app where okay. they have all of those classic comics and television shows <laughs> <laughs> again we're not paid or do
1: we take any money from DC uh, for plugging their stuff? No, but we
0: would absolutely one hundred percent heartbeat. Consider this we, our demo reel, we would we would literally
1: just take a free subscription. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need any additional. Yeah, it'll f- no, be fine. Uh, Compensation, exactly. But anyway, anyway,
0: uh, yeah. So I would say this is definitely a a an episode worth watching. Even though maybe it's not super integral to the overall DCAU canon, it's just good. Uh, it's just good fun, and it's twenty two minutes. You'll you'll enjoy yourself if you watch that one.
1: I, I agree. Um I, I would definitely say sit down, enjoy it, enjoy the um the plot and enjoy the performances. And, uh, look past the, uh, the animation that sucks in certain periods of time. (laughs) Um, yeah. All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to the end of this week's episode. I appreciate everybody for listening to this extra large giant size episode here this week. Uh, don't forget to check us out as Liam already mentioned earlier in the episode, check us out on Instagram. Um, you can follow us on there. We do our flashback Fridays. We do post our clips that we have, uh, usually of upcoming episodes, previews for the upcoming episodes we'll also discuss anything else that's kind of happening in the dcau world we uh recently talked about the new mcfarland figures that have been coming out we also posted some pics of the new batman shadow of the bat board game that's being released Oh yeah Uh, so we're very excited about that so check us out you know follow us and uh and uh give us a like we're at dcau review on instagram but liam they can also if they want to interact with us directly on some uh normal uh, conversing they can follow you and me but you're the one who runs the account uh on twitter
0: yeah follow us at dcau review on twitter uh always post usually on monday or tuesday what the episode we'll be reviewing that weekend will be gives try to i try to give people ample notice so if they want to watch the episode before they listen to us review it Um, so i'll always post what upcoming episodes are there uh just other things that happen throughout the week either uh, whether it's about other dcau stuff whether it's about DC animation, just DC comics in general. Uh, I will talk to you about any of it. So uh, to head to at DCAU review on Twitter and uh, and check us out. That's right. All right. Well,
1: that will wrap us up for this week's episode. Before we go, though, Liam, shall we talk about what's on the docket for next week's episode?
0: Yes, I'm very excited for this. Uh, one of, I think, one of the most memorable episodes or pair of episodes in the uh, in the whole series. we we'll be reviewing Heart of Steel. Parts one and two next week. A lot of important moments that uh, come back later in the series start here.
1: Absolutely. Very excited for that one. So until next week, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.